Welcome to The Specialist. I'm Rob Barnard and in this podcast series, we'll be talking to mortgage industry thought leaders who aren't afraid to address pressing issues happening in the here and now. Over the course of this series, we will explore real world affairs that are in need of their bold new ideas and expertise. Ideas that cut through the financial jargon and offer real world specialist solutions for everyday people in the mortgage industry. That's Specialist Ideas from specialist experts for you to tune into at home or on the go. Today we're going to try something just a little bit different and record an episode here at MBE. Before we start, let's just look at just exactly what is specialist lending and let me give you my own very unique take on it. I think that specialist lending is probably misunderstood by a lot of people and certainly by customers and I always try and bring it to life by talking about a comparison with other things. And my current fad is comparing specialist lending and mainstream lending by comparing it to taxi services that are available. So I think that mainstream lending is very much like Uber. You go on your phone, don't you? You tap it in. You call it in. Where does the bloke come who picks you up from? Probably 20 miles away because he wants you fare. Guarantee you the first thing he'll do when he sits you in his cab is put your destination in his sat-nav because he won't have a clue where he's going. And he's very, very much driven then by his sat-nav to get you to where you need to go. If you come across an accident, a road closure or congestion, he can't get round that bump because he's very much driven by his sat-nav. And when you come to pay him at the end, you don't even have to look him in the eye. If you don't like him, don't want to tip him, you don't have to look at you, just say, no tip, job done. So I think that's what mainstream lending is about. It's all online and faceless. But I think specialist lending is like the good old London cabbie. These boys have got the knowledge. Last time I jumped in a London taxi, I was in it for 10 minutes. By the time I got out, the bloke knew that I was called Rob, come from Macclesfield, married to Alison, daughter called Stacey, dog called Bailey, ingrowing toenail, knew what I was having for me tea. I felt like I'd been underwritten for a mortgage. I really did. But these guys genuinely do have the knowledge. Because what happens if these guys come across an accident, a road closed, a bump in the road? They know exactly how to get round it. They know to get you to your destination by just taking a little bit of a back street. And that's very much like specialist lending. And the comparison continues when you come to pay for your black cab. Because yes, it's a little bit more expensive, but it's got you to where you needed to go. It's like solution-based taxiing, just in exactly the same way that specialist lending is solution-based lending. And sadly, I think we're going to see a little bit more of it. These are some scary headlines that I saw in the press recently, and it's the bottom one. I referred to it earlier, the bottom one that, that causes me concern. The, the mirror was suggesting that one in five UK households are now behind on at least one household bill. And that really concerns me, and that will drive specialist lending. And I think we're in this sort of phase where people are spinning plates. People that have always paid the mortgage will always pay the mortgage, but they're going to have to spin it that bit harder. And people that have got other plates spinning like their utility bills, their comms suppliers, things like that, they'll have to work so much harder. And I wouldn't be surprised if one or two of those other plates start to fall, which is, which is really sad. But hopefully that leads nicely into our specialist presentation with, with my wonderful guests and my wonderful friends, who many of them won't need any introduction to you, but... From my left here, James Bloom, who's Board Director at Alternative Bridging Corporation. We've then got Mike Cook, the Chief Mortgage Officer at Market Financial Solutions. Marcus Dussard, Sales Director at Hampshire Trust Bank. And Matt McCulloch, who's National Sales Manager for Oldermore Bank. Give them a great welcome to the stage. But I'll kick things off. Does what I was saying there make sense to you, that these people that are spinning plates are probably going to see one or two of them drop over the coming months and years. And probably, Matt, if I can come to you first on that, do you see that the specialist lending sector in the first charge arena is only going to grow? And what areas do you think need the support? Unfortunately, I do agree it is going to grow. 
because whether we like it or not, there's going to be customers that do start to drop some of the plates are spinning. Um, possibly going to be on the lower hanging stuff, such as you know, your revolving credit, utilities, things like this. Stuff that specialist lenders are already really good at supporting with. Um, you might see some people, unfortunately, have, well, we are seeing them have drastic payment shocks. Just think of the customers that took a two year fixed, two years back, right? That are coming off now to an interest rate that could be high fives, high sixes, compared to potentially low twos, high 1.9s. So we've got a lot of rate shock on the cards. We've got a lot of utility bills increasing, cost of living is getting tighter. Disposable cash in the household is disappearing, to be fair. Everything costs more. That's going to, unfortunately, create more customers for the specialist arena. And moving forward, I think there's a lot of innovation needed, a lot of support, but more importantly, we need to take a human view on these customers. So it's not going to work with the Uber approach. Like Rob says, we the, the black cab of the mortgage markets are gonna are gonna thrive to help you and your customers. No, that's good. And and again, don't just think of specialist lending as being in the residential and buy to let space. And we'll come on to buy to let shortly. But I think a really big part of the specialist arena is bridging and something that I think more and more brokers, I think following COVID, when, when business got tighter, I think more and more brokers weren't saying no to things. They learned a lot more. And I think bridging is one of those examples that that's thrived after COVID. Um, so, James, if, if I can come to you, really, with everything that's going on in the market at the moment, how's the bridging market faring? Yeah, so despite my youthful good looks, I've been around, uh, sadly, through a number of corrections and downturns and crashes. And I think it's the specialist sector that helps ride out the market and the problems that we're going to see undoubtedly over the next 12, 24 months. Um, we've seen a huge upturn in inquiries on the bridging space. Um, banks are letting people down, not the ones present company excluded. Obviously, I'm talking about some of the larger clearing banks. Um, and I think as we've seen in the last correction and downturn, going to a specialist lender, I completely agree with Rob that you go to a, the black cab, and we are we are definitely a black cab of our industry with specialist knowledge. They'll help you guide through the pitfalls and problems. So, um, I think I think brokers should be looking more and more at the bridging space uh, as an alternative. I think bridging finance was alternative funding. We, we like to call it specialist lending, um, but we, we've seen a big uptake. And, and over the last few years, we've obviously had Brexit, uh, you know, all sorts of other issues in the market. Um, bridging finance comes to the fore. Uh, it becomes more valuable than ever. And I think we'll only see a, a continued bigger spike in that. I think you're absolutely right. We've got to take a very human view. People will have problems, difficulties, and bridging finance can get people out of difficulties and problems. So it needs to be a real weapon in the armory of the broker, particularly in the difficult times. And uh, yeah, if history is anything to go by, we're going to see a big upturn in inquiries in the next six to 12 months for sure. Thanks, James. And I always think if, if the bridging deal is sold correctly in the first place, you've already got the exit lined up for the customer. So it literally is almost a double bubble that you're going in and presenting. Yes, it might be a little bit more expensive for a short space of time, but we've got the exit plan lined up as well. So I think it's a really, really important tool to be used in the specialist space. Mike, anything further to add from that from a bridging perspective? Well, I think I would agree in that we've seen a spike in certainly in the last six weeks. Uh, on the bridging side, and sometimes it can be a very good way to exit something and to buy you time as part of your strategy. Um, I, I completely agree in that you know, specialists will unfortunately grow. Um, and I think with movements about people looking to maybe not pay their bills, not pay their gas bills are pretty stupid, really. Um, and I think that just exacerbates the problem as people um, yeah, may struggle. Um, so it's an interesting time, but I, but I think if we look at this year overall, it's been busier than 
last year for the first few months. So actually, people saw this year has been a correction year and lending been lower, but actually for the first few months, it was up on last year and certainly in the buy-to-let world as well. So it is resilient and these things do happen. There are bumps in the road. And I think, you know, there's enough wrinkles around um, to to appreciate that we've we've all ridden through a few of those. And they do happen. And yes, there's Brexit recently and COVID, but there's, you know, there's 2008 and, and that, that was a biggie. And yet the compliance people and things got more empowered after that. And actually the banks got pretty, pretty hit pretty hard. So their credit appetite is actually fairly set. And it's very difficult to change the credit appetite of a large financial institution like a bank. Um, and there are smaller banks, the specialist banks, you know, Hampshire Trust to my right. And, and there are other institutions where, where specialist lending really fits in to help that because they have a broader appetite. Yes, the rates aren't as sharp, but that comes back to the black cab analogy. You're solving problems. You're not necessarily um, rewarding the few that can afford the cheapest, you know, or can qualify for the cheapest rates. I, I think we must have been really bad in a previous life because I think normally you'd expect to have one problem through your working career or your financial career, wouldn't you? We've had 2008, we've had Brexit, we had COVID and now we've had this. So I think we must have been bad cats in a previous life. But the one big sector of the specialist sector that we've not touched on yet is buy to let. And it'd be great while we've got Marcus and Matt here who are very, very strong in that particular region to get their thoughts on it. What do we think, guys? Will higher rates make new buy to let investment in London and the southeast almost in particular, because that's where we are today, uh, almost impossible? Are we going to see an exodus of landlords in this area? What do you think, Marcus? Yeah, unfortunately, the answer to that is probably going to be yes. Um, it's an area of the market where you obviously you, the, the yields aren't quite as high. So therefore, trying to meet these ICR calculations that we have as a lender and all other lenders have is going to be more and more difficult as time goes on. This is where obviously specialism comes into it. And us specialist lenders need to try and find solutions that will help people be able to get through this period. Um, rates where they are now, um, like I say, the rents are going to continue to go up to try and meet um, to try and meet these ICR calculations, which is going to make it difficult for those people that um, the tenants. But landlords do have to actually put those prices up in order to in order to try and get through this area of the market. Um, as a specialist lender, we're always trying to look to innovate. We always look to our broker partners to try and come up with different solutions. So um, a, a few banded around being just larger arrangement fees. Can we put the arrangement fees up to make sure that us as a lender, we still um, make the money that we need to from that transaction, but then the interest rate is lower, so therefore the deal actually works for you. So there are lots of things that we're trying to do, lots of things that we are looking at to try and help the market. Um, we've still got big targets to try and hit as well, so we do want to lend. Maybe not right now because our pipeline is huge, so we're trying to slow it down just a little bit. But as we go forward, we still need to lend, so we've got to come up with different solutions to try and help everyone in this market conditions. And I, and I think you're right there. I think that this lull, if you like, in lending activity now isn't going to hit any of our bottom lines this year. It's going to leave a slight hole in as we get into February, March and April of next year. Uh, Matt, anything you'd like to bring in on that? Because I know Aldermore are a big buy-to-let player. Yeah, I think innovation's key on the lenders' criteria mainly. You know, Marcus touched on there about the increasing the, in, in the fees and we've seen some lenders that are going with quite weighty fees but low rates. Obviously, there's a balance there. You can try and get more capital out with the stringent ICR calcs that are in there today. 
I think innovation is needed in two parts. So product, very simple. I think there's a space to reduce ICRs for good quality products, uh, properties, sorry. So I think there's a, I personally think there's a gap in the market. I know everyone's talking about green properties and green products. There's probably a slight gap to actually reward those landlords that have actually renovated those properties with a lower ICR because they have greater disposable income in terms of their property portfolio. So that's probably a gap. That can then lower rents or keep rents stable. Because unfortunately, what we're into now is rates rising, rents rising, cost of living is rising, everything's going up, it's a challenge. One thing I do see though, there's, there's, you mentioned before around landlords disposing of their assets, that could potentially be uh, maybe a little gift horse for some of the would-be first-time buyers who actually would like to buy from their landlord. I personally feel there could be a little market for you know, concessionary purchase for landlords to tenants in the future. If they want to dispose quickly, if they want to use that discount because of the rental they've taken over the years, that could be a little in to try and help some of the first-time buyers get on that ladder. I think that's a really valid point. And I do think that we will see stock coming to market that is probably more affordable than some of the mover and shaker type of properties that, that are further up the chain. Questions from the floor. Anybody got any burning issues that they want to ask this great heavyweight panel? Oh, great. Thank you, sir. What's your question, if that's all right? How are you going to adjust the affordability exercises uh, given the state of the economy today? How are you going to actually ascertain the affordability of, of, of people coming to you? Yeah. So the, the question there is around affordability and how a lender's going to keep up to date with the stresses it puts on people entering the market now, I think is a fair summary. Matt, from a, from a first charge place, you're probably best place to answer that. Yes, it's a great question. Um, do you know, over the years, right, Oldermore have been given great plaudits for the way we've run affordability because we just use an ONS model. It's very simple, it's very easy, and it does give you great results. The irony is right now, that's a problem for us, actually, because some lenders are really accurate on affordability. What you're paying for recreational activity, what you're paying for, you know, household shopping, things like that. We're not, we just build as an average. Now, that's a bit of a problem for us, and we've addressed it. Our affordability is tighter, but to your point, to understand the criteria, the finite detail, everyone has to do the same. It's probably an area of the, of, of the lending landscape that people probably get more transparent around what's in the ONS calculations. Unfortunately, what that does, though, from experience, is it does favour certain pockets of the country. Whilst London and the South East do tend to have a higher income than the North, also the outgoings are higher, okay? And it does tend to favour the North in terms of affordability because of the ONS splits. But I think there's a bit of an opportunity here for people to fine tune affordability, make it more detailed so that you know exactly what's going into that so that your client gets exactly what they can actually afford rather than an average. Lady right in the left hand, top left hand corner had a hand up. So obviously after 2007, we had quite a lot of mortgage business. Um, obviously I kind of think that potentially we'll have a lot more of those in the future. Will banks start, so there's so few lenders that will actually assist them so this is around the creation of mortgage business in 2007. Are we going to face a similar type of expertise, of experience, sorry, and what will we do about it? Anybody? Matt, again, probably from a first charge position. Yeah, I still, <clears throat> so I still think there's a bit of creativity needed around products set up. So um, personally, uh, we might start to see the return of a capped rate. And also, I think there's an I, I think there's a, an, an interesting place here for a stepped fixed to try and help these people out. Now, I don't I don't mean the old traditional step fix that changed the, the interest rate over a period. I mean stressing somebody on cap repayment that can afford that, but giving them a three year buffer, for example, on interest only. So you're increasing the surplus cash to start a family, let's say, as a first time buyer, or do the renovations as a current homeowner. And I think that can then help people that potentially are locked in different mortgages elsewhere 
just re relieve their finances that little bit to potentially just try and sort them out, but in a responsible way. And I think there's also a, a phase, as you said there, Matt, almost to people now that are coming to the end of an incentive period to maybe sit on a tracker, if that's right, or a variable rate, but then with the flexibility to move to a fixed rate when the market steadies again. So it's a difficult one, but I think there needs to be improvement in that area, definitely. Thank you. Gentleman at the front, thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm just going to ask about valuations. So in terms of valuations going forward, do you kind of see that being decreasing um, and, you know, uh, all banks instructing values trying to decrease that so effectively the loan to value is lower and as a result the amount that they can borrow is lower. So I think that's are we experiencing down valuations? Are we seeing a significant number of down valuations that's affecting the lending volumes that we can can generate. James, I think, I think certainly um, in the in the short term arena in the bridging space we're starting to see far more of that. I'm starting to see the health warnings that we had after um, COVID where you've got the box at the top which is basically here's evaluation please don't rely on it really helpful. Um, I saw I saw one this week and it's just, you know, caveats beyond belief. So yes, I'm, I'm seeing now every every average marketing time, nine to 12 months. So on a regulated bridging contract, which is max 12 months, you've got problems there on a regulated development loan as an example. So we're seeing the marketing times go up, seeing down valuations, everyone's nervous. It's starting to cause a problem because like most sensible lenders, you know, alternative bridging, we're, we're not specifically reducing LTVs, but we're coming off at the margins. So we're trying to be a little bit more cautious as you'd expect us to be regularly seeing down valuations regularly now. Yeah. I, I asked the previous panel, um, how many times now, if you appeal to a valuer, do you get a change in their mind where, where they'll, where they'll do it? And, and literally it was zero. It, it was nothing. Whereas if you turn the clock back and it wasn't right, 15 years ago, a conversation could lead to a change in the valuation. It just doesn't happen now. Marcus, are you seeing anything in that area on downvals? Yeah, no, exactly the same. We are seeing downvals. I think the only, I'm not the part of your point was wherever lenders speak to the valuers about downvaluing. That doesn't happen in, in that regard. We, like I say, we do want to lend. So therefore, if that valuation is a lot, um, it does downvalue a lot, we then can't lend. So from that perspective, we do have to rely on the valuers to give us a number they think is, is um, relevant for that particular property at the time. Um, and like James said, those um, material uncertainty clauses in in those valuations are starting to appear. So it is becoming um, more difficult for us. We we lend up to seventy five percent loan to value. So we um, we haven't. There's no plans to bring that down. That will still be the the loan to value we go to, but it will just depend on how much that property is worth. So I want to maybe scratch buy to let a little bit more for you buy to let experts. Marcus, what, what do you think? I mean, 75% has always roughly been where buy-to-let has been at. Where do you think the sort of accepted loan-to-value is currently? Are we, are we talking about a 60% market? In terms of, yeah, acceptable where, where valuations are going to come off probably at that point. But we're 75%. We do five-year fixed, and that's ultimately where we're going to be. So therefore, that period of time, we would expect the market to have changed as to where we are today. Um, so we, for as a lender, we're going to stick at the sort of seventy-five percent mark. We think there's enough sort of built in there for, for, um, for the markets to turn slightly and things to come off as well. Um, but we do a number of different types of properties. So we, we go from a multi-unit freehold block to HMOs, um, semi-commercial units as well. So there's there's a lot of diversification in terms of the type of assets you can get with us. Which, which does help across the portfolio. So it isn't just a case of, you know, you've got your um, your standard sort of buy-to-let property at 75%. Hope you've enjoyed that. I found it really enlightening. Um, 
specialist lending has a massive part to play. If you like my little taxi analogy, it just makes sense. These guys help you get around the diversions and the problems in the road, and it costs you just a little bit more. Don't be afraid of specialist lending. Don't be afraid of bridging. I think that's a massive, massive tool for you to have in your kit bag. Buy to let, really look at your client's portfolio to look at unencumbered properties because I really think they can help you. And also diversification of that portfolio as well, looking at those um, HMOs, looking at holiday lets. I found that really enlightening. Thanks for listening. And come have a round of applause for our, for our luminaries, please. So that brings to a conclusion our episode of The Specialist recorded here at MBE. Thanks, of course, to all our panel members for their contribution to the debate this afternoon. If you've really enjoyed the content today, then let us know. Go on our social media and use the hashtag, hashtag Pepper Specialist Podcast. And of course, hit follow to get notified when our next episode releases.